Jimmy Stein's roster countdown continues, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the key transfer that committed to Alabama yesterday. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, yesterday from Amos, uh, who I think is a folk singer of some description. Yeah, she, um, she can't play corner. She's got, she, she doesn't have good speed. Uh, the, you know what? We'd be just as disappointed if Tori Amos showed up in our backfield as people going to a Tori, Tori Amos concert would be if Trey Amos was up there. So, uh, anywho. Probably. Uh, so Trey Amos, I talked about him a lot on sort of an individual quick pod yesterday, but uh, wanted to get your thoughts on him. And also, how does this affect Jalen Key, who should be committing somewhere here relatively soon? Yeah, um, our information at uh, On3 is that it, it's not uh, related whatsoever. They're, they actually play different positions. Amos, Amos is going to play a corner. Uh, and Jalen Key is safety. Uh, their their uh, recruitments and commitments are unrelated. So Alabama continues to push for Jalen Key. Alabama would like to have Jalen Key, uh, and they feel pretty good about it. Now we'll see what happens. Uh, like Luke said, a commitment could come pretty soon, or or you know soon enough, because obviously you need to make a decision and and, and start getting to work with your teammates. So I expect you're something relatively soon. But uh, back to Trey Amos. What a good player. I mean, a really, really solid player. Uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, think of this. I mean, this kid enters the portal, and it's a bit of a surprise, and the number of high quality. I mean, this guy, I'm not lying when I say he had a five-star offer list once he uh, once he decided to leave uh, Louisiana. It, so this was a, a guy that I think everyone in college football recognized a high-quality player. I think he's going to be a cornerback at Alabama. Might play the star position at Alabama. That's very possible, too. Uh, you know, a lot of our guys cross-train at both corner and star. He's a mature kid. He's been around college football for three years. He has two years of eligibility remaining. I think that's a key, uh, uh, you know, it didn't mean to do a pun there, but uh, key only has one year of eligibility. Amos has two. Uh, so one interesting thing about Amos is, you know, if he doesn't start this year, he's always got next year. Key sort of has a, a has a one year to get it done sort of a thing. But with Trey Amos, uh, could be corner, could be star. Uh, will he start? I don't know. He's going to be – it's a competition. I, I kind of compare it to the quarterback in the sense that, you know, I, I've heard people insinuate that Tyler Buckner must have been given assurances. That's not – that's absolutely not true. The only assurance he was given is that he has a legitimate chance to beat out Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson to be the starter. He's going to be given an opportunity to do that. I think Trey Amos will have be given the opportunity to win a spot at cornerback. Uh, I think he'll be given an opportunity to win a spot at, spot at star. Uh, he would certainly be valuable on special teams. Uh, you know, one on a side note, Luke, to show how important it is to have good numbers 
and to have good competition. I'm re-watching the Utah State game this week. It's one of the ongoing things I'm doing on the message board at, at Bama on three at uh, Bama Insider is I'm, I'm re-watching Utah State. You know what? You know who played cornerback in the first quarter of the first game against Utah State? Carry on Arnold, then Eli Ricks. I'd forgotten Ricks had played in that game. Kyrie Jackson. We had three corners opposite Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid never left the field, of course. But across from Kool-Aid, we auditioned three guys in the first quarter. Um, and, and that's why it's important. So I think Trey Amos, he's going to have a shot. He's going to be given an opportunity to beat out Terry on Arnold, who has that spot now. And if that didn't work out, maybe he wins the star spot uh, over Earl Little. And uh, should any of those guys be hurt, he's there to play. Hey, you need more. Than, uh, than just your starters. I mean, the college football is a, a attrition-type sport. Players get hurt. Our depth is a big problem. I don't think they signed Trey Amos, Luke, because they're like, gosh, we're just not good enough at defensive back. Arnold's not good enough. Little's not good enough. Malachi's not good enough. I, I don't think that had anything to do with it at all. They, they needed defensive backs out of the portal because Jacquez Robinson left and Traquan Fagan's left. Uh, Kyrie Jackson left, uh, you know, in the portal. Uh, you know, they just said Tony Mitchell got arrested and is probably not going to be back. So they they had a lot of losses at DB to the point that, okay, well, we like our five or six starters and everyone else is freshmen. And I think that that is a major concern. So that's why they went to the portal to sign guys who will compete for starting positions and, uh, and it makes us deeper back there to where, hey, now if we get a turn ankle, we don't have to dump it all on a freshman. Yes, yes, I was muted. Jesus, what is it's wrong? It's not even mute Monday. It's, <laughs> it's not wired Wednesday. So what are you trying to say Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> Weed my lips Wednesday. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for get, taking both of these guys. I really am. Uh, again, let's, it's just like the Tyler Buckner thing to me. I don't, you know, I, again, on Wednesdays, I go on the radio in Montgomery and they were saying, okay, um, talk about these transfer portal guys. Were any of them, like, do you think any of them were home runs? I said, I don't know that there was a home run in the portal at all this year for anybody. Like there wasn't a Jordan Addison. Last year, I thought Jordan Addison was a home run wherever he went. Now, I mean, a lot of it was going to be tied in the NIL, obviously, but I thought he'd be a home run. And there, I can't think of one. Bear Alexander is probably the closest thing to one. Um, and he went to USC, and that deal was sort of sealed. Uh, and, and I don't think he could have transferred to Alabama anyway. So I think we got at least, if assuming we get Jalen Key, and I think we will, I think we get three stand-up doubles. Now, the thing is, for one of those doubles, the quarterback, we probably, I mean, we're probably wondering, hey, why'd we even put him in there? You know, but I, I get it. I still think he's a stand-up double. Boy, these baseball analogies, I hope they're doing something for you here on this football show. Um, so, Jimmy, let me, let's go ahead and let me tell everybody about Built Bar right now. Because you know I love me some Built Bar. I know you love you some Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar you ever had, and that's Built. You just got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I got just the thing for you. Celery. 
No, I'm teasing this Built Bars. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think they're good for you. You just got to try them. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Not just screwing around chocolate. Good real chocolate. They come in flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. And I'm not sure how they do it, but they do it and they make it taste delicious with only four grams of sugar and 17 grams of proteins. Something about macros. There's all kind of macros involved. And that's a good thing. Also, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can get them at built.com. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them at your Lifetime Fitness. Get them anywhere you really want to get them. Built.com. Go check them out. On tomorrow's show, Jimmy, one thing I want to talk about now, we are notorious for saying on tomorrow's show, we're going to do this and then we do something else. But I really think on tomorrow's show, I'm hoping we'll cut it in the morning. I actually had to drive to Athens, Georgia today. That's why the show may smell a little different. (laughs) And that was terrible. Hey, somebody said they really hate our jokes. And I was like, okay, well, dad jokes are just how how I roll. I being (laughs) E-Y-E. Anyway. I saw that on a shirt once, uh, but tomorrow show, I think we talked some of the new schedule release for the NFL. I am the NFL has me by the cojones. I'm telling you, I don't know why, because I don't even have a favorite team. It's so much different to follow the NFL. Now we had a water cooler last night for locked on college. Zach Blackerby from locked on Auburn leads it and does a great job, but a lot of dudes in there. And they were like, well, what are some topics coming up? And I'll, they were like, well, Alabama, you never seem to run out of topics, you know, because you uh, either you have a baseball probe or your basketball team's doing great or something terrible happened or your football team always something, recruiting, whatever. I said, yeah, and we got the NFL schedule release. They were like, ah, you probably don't want to talk about that. And then somebody said, no, I bet Alabama wants to talk about it. They've got everybody on some team. So they can all talk about, you know, I want to know Bryce's first game. I want to know the first game I can go to that involves Bryce. I mean, is is it going to tie in, like, what if Bryce plays Tampa in Tampa the day after Alabama plays South Florida in Tampa? Now, that probably isn't happening just because of the turf, but that would be super cool. So, yeah, I think we talk about that tomorrow. Now, the thing is, if we talk about it tomorrow, the schedule release until tomorrow night, but maybe we'll talk about it Friday. Regardless, we're going to talk about it. If y'all don't want us to talk about it, let me probably still going to talk about it, just maybe not as much. That I was- love I love the schedule release. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching, uh, you know, it could conflict with Alabama softball. That'll come first, but, uh, or hopefully it will. But uh, I, I love the schedule release for all the reasons you said. It, it, it's, it's time to talk about actual games, and it's fun to say, hey, and, and we there was a few released today about, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be playing, uh, you know, on Christmas Day, and, uh, or, or, yeah, Christmas Day. That, that's going to be great. Um, you know, and, and, and a few other, some of those European games were, and Tua's going to be playing Aaron Rodgers on Black Friday. Uh, that's really cool. And, uh, man, I can't wait. Um, if, if you are interested, there's, uh, uh, there, there are apparently, yeah, there are some schedule leaks out there. I don't, I, I don't know if you can trust any of them yet. That's the thing. So uh, I'm hesitant to post any of them. There are some. There are some. you can trust. Yeah, that is true. Shifter is trustworthy. And I want to get to your countdown, but um, the uh, it looks like the in it, the complete schedule obviously would be tomorrow, but Wednesday morning, the, the five international games, as you mentioned, were released. Two games in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, 
you remember Germany had a, I think Frankfurt had a, one of those old USFL teams or no world football league team, excuse me. So the league in uh, unveiled the stand up, the, the standout matchup starring Tua Tungvaluwa with the Dolphins facing off against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in the first ever Black Friday game. That's going to be in East Rutherford. Uh, so that's November 24th. Of course, the Iron Bowl is the next day. Um, but boy, how super cool would that be uh, to go to that game? Be super cold, by the way. You got the Giants and the Eagles. That game is on Christmas Day, as you mentioned, at 4.30 or 3.30 Central. Um, the Bengals and the Chiefs, looks like that's going to be the opening game. Oh, no, 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 that's not. Sorry. No, that I is December 31st. I believe yes, it's New, New Year's Eve, and uh, man, it stinks. This is going to be a, a year where there's no, not a lot of college football on New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve is on a Sunday. So you know the NFL sort of, you know, the NFL is going to be all about New Year's Eve this year, not college. What football. are you going to do? Yeah, what are you? Um, they're also on, and they have started talking about. I think offensive rookie of the year. I would say about half of them said, and there were probably eight or ten analysts. They half of them probably said Will Anderson, and about at least four or five of the 10 said Bryce Young for offensive, defensive MVP, respectively. So I thought that was pretty cool. We'll talk about all that later on, but now let's talk about your countdown. Um, it's gotten a lot of traction. You'd bring up Ty Lockwood, tight end signee uh, from Tennessee. Um, good player. Uh, and, you know, I think there's an opportunity here. You know, again, on the radio today, somebody called in while I was on and asked about, C.J. Dupree. Are we saying that correctly, by the way? Yes. Yeah, okay. it is Dupree. I know it, it right. doesn't look like how we would normally spell Dupree, right. like Marcus Dupree, but no, it is pronounced uh, C.J. Dupree. Okay. So he was like, I think Dupree is going to be the biggest you know, newcomer. And I was like, well, you know, I brought up the fact that you and I did our all saving draft. And I was like, we only took one tight end. And that was Jimmy taking over. I was like, that should tell you where tight ends sort of fall in the pecking order through uh, the the Saban era of and several different offensive coordinators. So if Dupree is the hottest newcomer this year, that would be a shock. And, hey, who's to say it won't be Ty Lockwood, right? Well, Ty was kind of quiet this spring. Not that that's a, uh, not that that's a bad sign. I mean, uh, true freshmen, uh, you know, the, the, most of them are, are quiet in their first springs, their first 15 practices. It's a bit of a crowded position. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's crowded – with a lot of guys that are NFL bound, uh, or, or at least that don't look at today. But we do have several tight ends that will probably be first team type players. CJ Dupree among them for sure. Amari Nablack at uh, Nablack had a great spring, uh, catching a lot of balls in the red zone. I think Amari is going to be a big part of, of the first team. And Danny Lewis uh, uh, is certainly a guy I would count as who had a surprising big spring, I would count Danny Lewis up there. I think Danny Lewis actually started with the first team offense uh, on A-Day. Uh, the first team offense is the, is the white offense, and Danny Lewis was out there snap one with the whites. Uh, so Danny Lewis, uh, C.J. Dupree, Amari Nablack, and let's, let's not forget Robbie Oost, who has played with the first team for two years. This will be Robbie Oost's third season playing with the first team this fall. So with those four guys – I'd be a little surprised if Lockwood is able to get on the field substantially, but hey, it's it's there's new rules and let's let's not forget them. And the new rules are, and and I say new like it's brand new. It's not brand new, but but you know you can play in four games and still redshirt four games and the bowl game. 
and still redshirt. So I think we will see Lockwood. I think we'll see him in a couple of games. And if any of those four get hurt, then, then I think Ty Lockwood might be good enough to play even this fall. But with Alabama's depth, uh, with, with as many as four guys able to play with the first team, I think it's an excellent opportunity for Ty Lockwood to take the year just to get bigger. Uh, he showed up. He, he's on the roster right now at 6'5", 234, which is an outstanding size. Uh, I think he's 10 or 15 pounds away from being a monster. I think a good comp for him, uh, and it might bore some people, because I think whenever you sign a freshman, everybody wants the next guy to be, you know, George Kittle or or Rob Gronkowski. But I, I think a good comp for Tyler Lockwood, and I mean it as a compliment, is Cameron Latu. Uh, and I say that in the sense that I think Lockwood can be a potentially good blocker. I don't think he'll ever be dominant, but I think he can be a good blocker, and I think he can be a good pass catcher. Uh, not spectacular, no. Amari Nablack, no. But he can be a good pass catcher and a good blocker. And when you're good at both, you get drafted in the third round by the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing about Latu. People didn't realize that, you know, you're always hoping that you have a, a spectacular player, a spectacular pass catcher, a spectacular blocker. That's not Latu. But he was good at both. And so few of them are good at both that you can be a third-round pick if you're good at both. And I think Lockwood can be a Latu-type player in that sense. Uh, but with Latu, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, and with Lockwood, I'm sure it won't. But, uh, but Alabama's in pretty good shape at tight end. Uh, you don't have a Brock Bowers, but, you know, only Georgia does. Uh, and they're, they're kind of hard to find. Yeah, and, our, boy, our Brock Bowers is going to be the new – person that makes me mad when they're like well I mean I you know I compare him to Brock Bowers or he's not Brock Bowers or whatever Brock Bowers is barely Brock Bowers he's the he's different he's he is I mean is he the most dominant tight end I've seen in college he's he's the best tight end I've ever seen play college football what? and I'm going to steal a term from the Colts thought a really good video of the Colts discussing Anthony Richardson among themselves and I, I know you're not high on Richardson. I'm not. I'm uncomfortable with where the Colts took him. But we I get it. They're talk, talking about his physical skill set. They called him a purple unicorn. <laughs> They're like, look, there's only one. There's only one of him in the world. And, and, and I can't believe it exists. I can't believe he exists. And I get that. I, and, and I think if it all comes together for him, if it all comes together, he's Cam Newton. Or he's Cam Newton plus, and Cam Newton was a league MVP that, that put a team on his back and, and took him to a Super Bowl. I think Anthony Richardson can be that type of, of player, but boy, it's a big gamble. But when you say Brock Bowers and how rare he is, to me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that term that the Colts front office used to describe Anthony Richardson, a purple unicorn. Like, that exists in this world. That's really a thing, and that's what Brock Bowers is. It's hard to believe that there's a guy like him. Do you know Brock wasn't even really very highly recruited? Not really. Uh, he, he wasn't offered by everybody. He wasn't a national 25 guy. Georgia just did an excellent job of finding him and projecting him to be what he, uh, what he has come to be. And I agree that Anthony Richardson athletically is a purple unicorn, but it's a purple unicorn that like we've only seen the grainy footage of like Sasquatch walking in the woods. Brock Bowers is a purple unicorn we all have seen on the football field do stuff like in times that matter. That's right. that's the yeah. catch. So anyway, oh, yeah. he's not a threat. 
he's not a stretch. Brock Bowers will be – Kyle Pitts, I think, was the sixth pick in the draft, and, and that was the highest a tight end had ever been drafted uh, was six, where Kyle Pitts went. And Kyle Pitts has been really good, by the way. Uh, the Falcons did not overreach taking him there. He's been good. Uh, but it's just proof that, hey, where's Bowers going to go in the draft? Well, I'll tell you right now, he's going higher than six. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your next player in the countdown, and that is Hunter Osborne. And we're back. Hunter Osborne from Hewitt Trustful. We're going to talk about him in just a second. Did want to throw this out there. Julian Phillips from Tennessee basketball has entered the transfer portal. Uh, a lot of Auburn fans think he may end up there, but I think he'd have to get a waiver. Obviously, he may be able to get a waiver. I don't know if he can. Who knows in these troubling times? But uh, I just found that interesting. And I was looking at um, ESPN does something really cool. Like they, they did roster comings and goings for like all the Power Five and even beyond. And, man, there are a lot of people that have uh, come and gone. Uh, Arkansas has got a lot of dudes coming in. Uh, there's just a, a lot of comings and goings. And I'm going to tell you, the SEC is going to be tough next year, I think. I mean, I think it's going to be really, really good again. So, um, anyway. And then Landon King, who tra- he caught, if you remember, God, did he catch a two-point conversion or a touchdown against Alabama? I think it was a touchdown. Was it? I don't remember. I don't well, remember. He caught one uh, in the in that big overtime game at, where Bryce won the Heisman Trophy, and um, it was a great catch. And he's had some other great catches, but uh, they never threw him the ball anymore, so he transferred. And he's transferred to Utah, which is pretty cool. He's t- probably going to take the place of Dalton Kincaid. I think that's a great landing spot for him. And it's interesting. It's sort of stay, you know, tying it back to six degrees of separation from Alabama. You know, obviously he played at Auburn, but also Utah opens up with – Florida this year, who's Florida. in the SEC, also home of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So let's talk Hunter Osborne from Hewitt Trustful. Uh, Hewitt's been a, a given Alabama more. Uh, Jay Barker. Barker. Yeah. Jay Barker. Huh. Yeah. Went old school. Yeah, old school. Paul Tyson. Uh, he and we. Came up with this stuff on he Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, Hunter uh, so, has a chance to be a really good player. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Hunter Osborne. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he, he's ranking low on my list, just like Ty Lockwood, in the sense that he's ranked really low. Not because I don't think he's a good player. I think Hunter uh, has a great chance to be a really good player at Alabama. He's just ranked this low because. My, my ranking is about the 2023 football team. Uh, who are the best players on the team this fall? And I think Hunter Osborne, like Ty Lockwood, like, uh, you know, other players uh, that, that, that we've discussed so far, uh, is very likely to be redshirted uh, because for two reasons. Number one, he showed up in the 270s, which is very light uh, for the position he's going to play on the defensive line. So he needs more mass. He needs more strength and size. Uh, and secondly, boy, the defensive line, Stack with stack with first team All Americans, but stack with bodies. There are 15 defensive linemen on scholarship at Alabama right now, and I think an ideal number would be something like 12. So there's a lot of guys in there, a lot of guys to leapfrog. Again, he's got a game weight first. Uh, I think he's likely to redshirt, and that's great. You know, another defensive lineman that redshirted at Alabama was Quinnen Williams, and then two years later, he's the number three pick in the draft. Uh, redshirting at this position is uh, is beneficial. 
uh, certainly beneficial to Q and it can be really beneficial to Hunter. Now, uh, I think Hunter Osborne has an outstanding chance to be a really good player. Just might take a minute, might take some time. But Luke, uh, I know you want to talk about this too. Uh, if Hunter becomes a good player at Alabama, and I believe he will, but when he becomes a good player, oh man, he, he is a great kid. This is an ambassador. Uh, this is a great face of the program. He's a guy you want at the mic. He's a guy that you want uh, your leader in the locker room, uh, smart, mature. He's going to be a big achiever, uh, whether it's football or not, uh, in his life. Such a good kid. So uh, being an in-state guy, having that kind of personality, he's somebody we should all be rooting for. Yeah, I agree with you. He is the ambassador. We talk about that all the time. I mean, look, we've had – uh, several instances here recently where, boy, we could use an ambassador and not one that would be an ambassador for FanDuel, apparently. Um, anyway, I love FanDuel. Y'all know that. But uh, I don't love it when my baseball coach uses FanDuel. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, it would be good to have somebody like that, um, you know, be the face of Alabama football. And, look, I, I think he's got – in that sense, I don't think – I just said I hate it when people compare to Brock Bowers. This is going to be in fall in that same category. But in that sense, maybe he can become sort of a Saban body Jonathan Allen y type guy. Yeah. As yeah. That is that is probably beyond the ceiling. And to quote Michael Jordan, that the ceiling is the roof. But um so maybe uh he's a low-hanging chandelier. I don't know, whatever. But if he can get anywhere close to that, I'm down with it. Jimmy, that's gonna do it for today's podcast. We will be back tomorrow. We're no telling what we'll talk about, but probably a little bit NFL schedule stuff. So I'm looking, I'm so excited about that. Like I'm, I'm actually planning my day around NFL schedule release, which is sad, but I'm going to do it. So until tomorrow, everybody roll time. Roll time.